Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to City Church U's Knowing God Guided Reading Podcast. We hope you will join us this holiday season as we read J.I. Packer's modern classic, Knowing God. All right, guys. Well, we are officially in part two of our Knowing God Christmas study, and we're talking about chapter seven, God Unchanging. Before we talk about the immutability of God, I want to talk about something that Packer mentions in the opening of chapter seven that's kind of going to be a theme that we're going to discuss throughout the next few chapters and he's talking about the, the Word of God, and he says, is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And then he goes on to say that, um, but as we read, we get more and more puzzled. And I think that this is something that I've noticed college students struggle with, and I actually can think back to times in my life where I've experienced this as well, where I'm looking to God's Word for clarity, and I leave feeling more confused. So my, my opening question is, what do we do when we feel that way? Yeah, that, that is definitely something I've experienced too. I think it's a personal thing for everyone, kind of how we let that affect us. And if we're willing to push through that tension and continue mm. on anyway, um, and it can feel like a setback, like right away, which, which can be very discouraging. Um, but I think that we, we do have to um, trust God in the timing of what, you know, he's going to reveal to us in the scriptures. Um, and that sometimes we're not always ready to realize this, um, you know, this, this aha moment that we're expecting Mm -hmm. to just understand it all like, um, in a snap. And so we get impatient because we're really so used to just immediate gratification and, and feeling like I understand something um, and having that those positive feelings that come from that. Um, so for me, it was learning more perseverance mm-hmm. and just continuing on anyway. And then you do start to see some of the small things come together. And that may look like themes throughout the Bible, or that may be like in a certain narrative, you you start to recognize uh, more about God as he's revealing it to you, um, but also to encourage looking into supplementary mm-hmm. re- resources. And that may take asking someone for yeah. their recommendations. And I, I think we let that get in our way sometime. We don't want to seem like we don't know what we're doing. Um but I think it's really important to use the people that God's put in your life to kind of help guide you. Um, there's some great books on on Old Test on the Old Testament and how to work through that because there are just certain things that once you have the framework mm-hmm. for like why why is this the case um, way back when in this nation that we you know we may go into that knowing nothing about what it was like in biblical time. Um, so just being open to finding those resources mm-hmm. and, and just continuing to read. Yeah, I'd say the same about the resources and things. 
I mean, like we always joke about, you know, you start a Bible reading plan, maybe you make it through the first five (laughs) books. You know, sometimes you hit numbers and you think, there's no way this is written so that I can know God. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, I'm like literally reading about the numbers of people in tribes, (laughs) like what in the world? And the thing is, uh, like about the Bible is it's not... It's not like anything you've read before, you know. Like it's not the Percy Jackson series. Um, it, you know, it's it's it is a theological work about God, um, and it records a nation's history for a lot of it. And like it was written thousands of years ago, you know. And so it should make sense that it doesn't make sense. And for that reason, we should really, um, when we're having difficulties, seek people that you know that understand the word better than you and also resources that can help you understand it better. Yeah. When I first came to know Christ, I've shared this at, at city church you a few times, but I remember I didn't grow up in a home where like the word was uh, walking through Bible passage and the word was taught to me. And I remember feeling frustrated, you know, because people would tell me you need to read your Bible or they'd even ask me, you know, are you reading your Bible? And I would just get really frustrated and discouraged. And truthfully, I kind of just told myself, like, I'm not smart enough. This is me at about, like, 15, 16 years old. And just thinking, I'm not really smart enough to, like, really understand this. And I didn't – I was almost, like, ashamed, so I didn't want to tell people and go to people and say I couldn't understand it. So I'd just be like, yeah, I'm reading it, you know. And I, I would feel really frustrated and discouraged and often ask myself, like, what am I doing wrong to not be able to understand what I'm reading? And then I started going to City Church at 16, and I remember um, listening to Dean preach and having my Bible and looking at my Bible, and all of a sudden I was like starting to see things and understand things. And I did feel like there was a sense from that moment, that I, a, a very important moment, to even where I am today, where I felt like there was some momentum for me, to where I started to have confidence that I could understand God's Bible. God had brought a man into my life who was discipling me and teaching me how to read and teaching me hermeneutics and showing me. I mean, I remember him sitting down and he bought me a bunch of pens and we would print out books of the Bible, like letters of the New Testament, and actually like do all these different exercises on how to take apart the text and look at it and examine it and study. And really, I realized that like, yes, you know, we have God's word. And it's a lamp to our path, but that path isn't something we walk alone. And God uses community, and he uses mentors, and he uses preaching, and he uses study Bibles to be a a resource for us to grow in that. And to me, that was really helpful, mixed with exactly what you said, Amanda, like just persevering and pushing through and reading it. And I tell our students sometimes, like, imagine if you're watching an hour and a half long movie, but we, you only watched it in five minute chunks. Like every five minutes I paused it and I said, okay, we'll come back in three days. Like you'd have like, you know, 30 (laughs) minutes in the movie, you have no clue what's going on. It's like, if you are just reading the Bible in such small little doses, Mm -hmm. like you're not going to be tracking with what's being said because you're not giving it enough time to really engage in. So um, I, th- I didn't want to like glaze over that as we got into this, because I think even with books like this, it can feel that way. I want to encourage listeners just to to continue to pursue understanding God's word and realize you'll you'll go to your grave having only scratched the surface. And that's actually a really good thing. Like it's a, it's it, that's how glorious God is and, and how great his word is. So he talks about two different worlds. And I think this is really important just for people to understand that there's a different context you know, mm-hmm. that the Bible was written in. And then also at the same time, like we live in a context and that we need to actually understand both worlds. How do you guys feel like, I think it's easy to 
the way that you understand the context of the original audience of the Bible is you go to study Bibles and you get resources and you learn, how do we get good at understanding the context that we exist in? Like, how do we study our world? Um, I think that just a, a lot of it can be through conversation with people, you know, in your classes, things like that. Um, I mean, it, it helps you just be a part of pop culture, you, you know, yeah. uh, and, and just <laughs> not maybe not in that way, but just like know things that are going on around you, you know, read articles, try and just be like a sponge about yeah. a lot of cultural things. Um, it can be helpful to be on Instagram. I don't, you know, I can't believe I just said yeah. that, um, you know, not liking to be on Instagram. But it can be helpful to be on Instagram just to really find out, like, what people are, are thinking, how mm. people are thinking. Um, yeah. yeah, to be, like, involved in the world instead of, I think sometimes as a Christian, um, especially as we see what is going on around us, some of it can be so off-putting that we may be tempted to just put ourselves in a bubble mm-hmm. and, and say, I, I just don't even want to like deal with what is out there in the world. Like there's no way I can make a difference mm-hmm. um, as this one Christian, you know, living in Tallahassee or what, whatever the case may be. But I think that you're right, Hank, just being willing to take in the information that the app, you know, the average person in America is taking in. I mean, that's where we live. So don't be ignorant of like the news of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and politics was always something that I just kind of honestly would try to avoid for the most part. It just because it was very off putting to me, just some of the aspects of politics and how that what it brought out in people. Mm. Um, but I recognized like I was kind of, you know, I was coming up short in conversations because I was not aware of like things that were happening that other people would just assume that I would at least have an opinion or have, you know, have a yeah. comment or take aside or whatever so i just think that um that's a huge reason to be involved is so that we can speak to current events from a christian worldview yeah albert moeller yeah the that's, briefing. and that, that's what i was going to say was <laughs> i feel like in order to understand what god's word is saying we have to understand the context mm-hmm. and in order to apply it and live it out in our life well we need to understand our context and um those two things are, are, I think, both important. And one of the ways, too, I think that we do that is by activity in a local church where Christians are constantly trying to talk about what does faithfulness look like in this world and what are the challenges of our world. And, you know, a lot of times the challenges haven't changed or have only changed in the surface level. Like, mm-hmm. we still see a lot of the same repeating patterns. But um, I, I do I do think that that's helpful, too, just to think, okay, I want to understand God's Word as it was Original, the original intent is the phrase that, that um, people use. And then I want to be able to rightly apply it to, to my world today. And he talks about the world has changed a lot, but then he goes on to say that God has not. God is immutable, meaning that he does not change. He's the same today as he was 2,000 years ago, as he was at the start of all creation. Yeah, and um, and that's that's actually a, a good thing. I remember this was years ago, Rob Bell, who was a, a leader and, and pastor, 
had was really asking a lot of questions and I felt like an irresponsible way and was kind of pushing the envelope. And I remember he had this, this commercial or video or something. And he was talking about like how God was like an, an old, old, Oldsmobile. And he was kind of implying that like, he was trying to, to teach that God does kind of change and God isn't this old Oldsmobile. Well, God doesn't change because he's perfect and yep. he's, you know, um, holy, holy, and um, he's just as relevant throughout all time. He doesn't need to change to be, be relevant. How how is the immutability of God? The fact that God doesn't change. How is that a a, a good thing for us and, and something that can bring us hope? Yeah, when God reveals, I'm not sure if that's this chapter, or the next, but when God, it's this chapter on page 78. When God reveals His name to us. He simply says, it's translated now as Yahweh, but he says, like, I am who I am. Mm -hmm. He's saying, like, it's really a name about his nature. Mm -hmm. Like, I I am. Mm -hmm. There's no beginning. There is no end. I am. I am. He is everything, Mm -hmm. really. Um, And I think that that, just like starting to think about things in that way, um, you know, I am who I am. God never you know, just his unchanging nature. That's even how he reveals himself to us. Mm-hmm. I definitely didn't answer your question there, but <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're on the path. There. Yeah. I, I think that as creatures, as human beings who are in a state of constant change mm-hmm. in our lives and our circumstances and our phases and seasons of life and, um, and also living in a world that's constantly changing. Like that is the only thing that doesn't change mm-hmm. is that things are always changing. Mm-hmm. And so to have an anchor, to have God, our creator, who is unchanging, there's no other true stability mm-hmm. yeah. um, that we can recognize in this world. I mean, that's sort of the way I've yeah. had to think through it. And I think like on the, you know, there was some stuff to you about that, that a lot of people are having discussion about the God of the Old Testament. And there are a lot of people like Andy Stanley saying we need to unhitch from the Old Testament. And I think like people kind of seeing God as this weight that's holding things back or like that's being outdated or need, there's like mm-hmm. software that needs to update. Or, <laughs> yeah. And the reality is that that's not what God is. God's above it all. He's right. above all of this, and he's unchanging because it, not in a sense of like somebody refusing to to update from the BlackBerry to the iPhone. He's unchanging as in he's fully perfect, above it all, holy. Yeah. And um, I think it's important for us to see that, you know, sometimes we think of like change. We, I think we're, we're conditioned to think of change as progress mm-hmm. and positive. Yeah. And I think we have to realize that when we look at God, we can't apply that same reason and logic, you know, but, um, and one of the things that, um, is talked about in in this chapter is God's truth doesn't change. One of the things we used to say here at city church is, you know, we, we have an everlasting truth and an ever changing world. And I think for Christians, you know, I, I joke that like, even since I've been an adult, like, eggs are good, eggs are bad, egg yolks, eggs, you know, like all this, like healthy fats, like, and then it's like, you know, seems like things are always changing. Like, are they good? Do I eat eggs? Do I not eat eggs? I don't know what's going on over here. 
And, you know, it, and, and that's kind of a funny example of something that I think a lot of students experience, like just a lot of competing voices, changing narratives. And yet here we have this truth that is what it meant for the church of Corinth 2000 years ago. It means for us and what they can mm-hmm. hold to. I, I think that to me, that brings so much hope to the reader. Yeah. Also, like if we just start, if we think about it, like in light of our salvation, if God wasn't unchanging, we could have zero assurance mm. in like, am I, you know, yeah. am I in right relationship with God or not? Like we would be so unsteady and so mm. unsure because if God changed, then our, like the terms of our salvation could change, mm-hmm. you know, and good thing that he doesn't change because they don't ever change. And once you're saved, you know, you are sealed. Mm-hmm. Your name's in the Lamb's book of life and that, that can't be taken. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, the top of page 79 is just talking about um, God's truths. And so what I what I focused on at first in his list, so he talks about how um, we need to remember that God still stands behind all the promises and demands and statements of purpose and words of warning that are there addressed to New Testament believers. So that's people living in New Testament times. We are living in the year 2020, but knowing the promises of God that he has made known to us Mm -hmm. that those are irrevocable. They are there and they are unchanging. Um, And we can know that. And then we can also know that his authority and his, you know, Mm -hmm. we, we still live under, you know, the commands that he gives us in the Bible. Um, So, Anyway, to me, I kind of had to pair those up and just think through, you know, like my purpose in life as a believer, like is stated by God is, Mm -hmm. you know, essentially the same ultimate purpose of a believer who lived Mm -hmm. in New Testament times. Um, So, and that's hard to, I think, wrap our minds around, but that's what we that, that's where we can sit and know and yeah. have assurance of yeah. God's immutability. Yeah, and Packer talks about his purpose doesn't change and I think that gives us a lot of clarity about what is happening and you know, we sit in like we currently sit in a small section of this huge story of God's redemption and it gives us some cl- clarity about what is happening in the world and the Bible answers a lot of the pressing questions that college students are wrestling with about like, you know, there's bad things in the world. How do I think about, you know, poverty? How do I think about death? How do I think about it? Fill in the blank. And we sit in the middle of this huge, huge story of redemption that is driven by God's purpose. And that purpose still extends today and gives, gives meaning to what we do and gives direction to what we do today. Um, I really, I really liked this chapter. I thought, thought it brought a lot of hope. Any, any closing thoughts on just kind of thinking through the immutability, how God just doesn't change? Um, you know, sometimes uh, I remember, especially me, like you hear this like big new term about God for the first time and you're like, well, that sounds stuffy, you know, (laughs) but like the truth of the immutability of God that he's unchanging like it ties up so many like what we would think of as like loose ends like it answers mm-hmm. so many questions 
Uh, and I'm I'm really thankful for this chapter as it was very like straightforward, mm-hmm. very um, like uh, almost like simple in how he put it forward, like yeah. in the ways that he doesn't change. Um, so I just found it very helpful yeah. for me. I agree, and I I think like sometimes we find ourselves um, getting a lot of worldly advice from people and they will talk about God's plan Mm -hmm. for your life. Well, this is just part of God's plan and just, he knows best and Mm -hmm. just, but it's so it's when it's not grounded in what we know as, um, God's truth and his immutability. Um, like it talks about just Mm. how repenting means revising one's judgment and changing one's plan of action. God never does this. He never needs to, for his plans are made on the basis of a complete knowledge and control, which extend to all things past, present, and future. We cannot relate to that. (laughs) Our plans are changing all the time, but we can trust that God's plan is greater. Mm -hmm. And I think you mentioned, Hunter, like we are – you know, we're like, you know, the tiniest piece of God's great plan for the universe. Um, but it doesn't, it's not insignificant. Yeah. God's mm-hmm. plan for our lives does have purpose and meaning. Um, but we, we do have to view it under the, um, under the assurance that his, his plans are perfect and he knows mm-hmm. all things past, yeah. present, and future. And if you're wanting to read more on this, uh, Jen Wilkin wrote a book called None Like Him, and she talks about the attributes of God, which um, we do not share and how that's a good thing. And one of them is that he is immutable and we are mutable, and that's actually a really positive, encouraging thing for us that we can change. Um, So we have the hope that, you know, we have this kind of peace that comes from the fact that God is perfect and doesn't change. And we have this hope that comes with the fact that we can. And then also Kevin DeYoung, Hank, you had mentioned it earlier, Kevin DeYoung gave a talk during uh, Together T4G. for the Gospel mm-hmm. on the immutability of God. You can look up Kevin DeYoung, T4G, immutability of God in the <laughs> Google probably machine. Come up. It'll, It'll probably, probably come, come up. up. Uh, but yeah, I encourage you to maybe look more into this. And just like Hank said, maybe something you haven't thought much about. And uh, there's much to much peace to find in, in learning more about this. So mm-hmm. we will join you guys for the next chapter.